Hey, guys, guys, and otherwise, this is Jonathan O'Roseline, immediate with the coughing. Go ahead, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you sure, we, can, we can take that again, you know? <laughs> Please, let's. You just, I, I, I should have seen it coming. All right. <laughs> I was trying to get in before you started. <laughs> Attempt number two. Hey, guys, guys, and otherwise, this is Jonathan O'Roseline. And I'm Noah, also known as Polyphonic, and you're listening to Horns and Wings, the best damn saga podcast on the internet. And we have a guest here today. Care to introduce yourself? Right after the theme music. Okay, there we go. <laughs> we have a guest. <laughs> Hi, my name is Jacob Keller. Uh, I am a video essayist slash person on the internet. Uh, I talk about video games and architecture and all sorts of topics. Uh, and I'm here with my very first issue of Saga. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so we, we had you on specifically because you hadn't read Saga. Yes, I am d- absolutely unfamiliar with it. Not only is this my first issue, I'm pretty sure it's the first cover art of it I've ever oh, seen. Wow. Like. It rings no bells, oh, so perfect. I'm <laughs> this is I'm amazing. excited to uh, dump all over your favorite thing now. <laughs> so so yeah no this is because we wanted to do a bit of an experiment here because uh, because this issue does a, a, an odd thing that I've been struggling to wrap my brain around, which is it recaps like to an extent that it makes me think that it is it is you know a jumping on point for new readers but i don't know what the fuck kind of new readers are getting in on this because it is so bizarrely all over the place and i have a theory as to like who exactly this is for but it's so specific and unnecessary that it just confuses me uh, oh so podcast guests is that yeah, who it's yeah, for? specifically yeah. for this and i appreciate the effort they put into giving our <laughs> podcast this boost but uh yeah it is, it is weird. Uh, but yeah, so thank you for coming on, which I, for anyone who wants some g- good stuff of yours to, to check out to get an idea of, I think a lot of people, the first thing I, I saw from you uh, was the... Uh, uh shadow of the colossus video which i think was a yeah the the search for the last great secret which which was the kind of we were talking about this before the show but everyone who has quote unquote made it in this business seems to Mm -hmm. just have one thing that kind of goes viral (laughs) and and that video my my most seen video had like eight thousand views and current and then i made that and currently it's sitting at like three million um <laughs> yeah. and so it, it it took it from a a hobby to a kind of career uh i'm still doing other stuff but but you know it's it's almost a job now you know what's weird is that i i that was the first thing that i like saw from you but then i realized after that that I knew you from uh, Game Informer, which I've been following forever. Yeah, I I did an internship there. That's that's cool. Had you uh, were you listening to the podcast, or you just like read read something and be listening like, oh, that's by that guy. And uh, there were there were, I then looked it up and saw a couple I think articles 
that was there one about like good looking like the best food in games oh yeah like that yeah yeah that's 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 that that was a very i felt like i was kind of pushing the limits of their format because that's a a a list about food that includes like me going on about how i wanted to punch nazis because it it had the wolfenstein 2 the milkshake in it (laughs) yeah no and that's that's yeah it's it's crazy that even make that because i've been following game informer since like uh gosh the original overblood super replay and stuff but uh Mm -hmm. the uh but the thing that i love about your videos which is something that i relate to a bunch and noah uh sucks about is adding uh is there's there's sort of you have a very strong uh sort of emotional perspective in in yes. all the things you talk about which i absolutely yeah. love that's kind of I, I i know it is my trademark to kind of sound like i'm on the edge of crying for like <laughs> a lot a lot of a video which isn't which isn't like an air you know it's it's mm-hmm. more or less legit but yeah i you know especially when you're talking about games there are just five million boys who sound exactly like me who can kind of (laughs) Uh talk about gameplay systems or whatever Mm -hmm. and so i feel like you know the niche that i can fill and the thing that i really enjoy writing about is is the kind of emotional way that we interact with games and then that's a jumping off point to like hey you know what this is the same way that i interact with with art and music and movies and pretty much everything else Yeah, I I think that's something worth noting for people that might want to go watch your channel, too, is I think you do a really good job of, like, a lot of your videos are ostensibly about one thing, but really about, like, six different things kind of woven into each other (laughs) all around the same theme. Your your latest video at the time of this, your your library video, is phenomenal. Absolutely incredible. Thank you. Yeah, it's 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 such a good approach, and also it's so refreshing because literally I do YouTube videos and I discovered allegedly like, <laughs> it's been a minute, but I discovered uh, like a couple weeks ago that someone did. I did a video on the Last Jedi, and someone did like one of those six-hour like takedown response oh, streams to it, and uh, because I'm dumb and I think that i should uh you know end all conflicts ever uh i reached out to that person and i was like hey let's do a stream you together idiot. let's just talk it <laughs> <laughs> well here's the thing here's the thing no joke i went on that podcast or the stream they did talked to them for five hours i out i out uh maulered them <laughs> the absurd <laughs> length of these things and uh and by the end of it it was just like Hey, I understand your perspective. You understand my perspective. They like there is mutual respect and like it went from them hating my guts and all the things I make to to a very civilized thing. But it, I did have to fight through five hours of talking about like a objective, like why objectivism is the way you should look at oh my God. all things. And I and guess it's... I guess you're right in that women are just dumb sometimes. <laughs> is that how it ended? <laughs> I never, I bit my tongue every time I heard the term Mary Sue, and I, oh I battled God. through it. But I will say this is this is the this is the medicine I needed to be on a on a podcast with you after that, and just <laughs> introduce some sanity back into my life. And I appreciate yeah. it. So yeah. So also worth noting. Um, mm-hmm. can, can you can you tell us a little bit about your your background with comics too? Because it's not like we brought oh, yeah. on like yeah. someone who is 
densely, densely, like, knows comics very well to talk about. It's like, video games are your kind of medium that you are you have the most expertise in, right? Yeah, um, so I, I know I feel like more than a just, like, average person on the street about comics, but that's all through just kind of osmosis, you know, that, that I follow people on Twitter who are really into things, and I, and I read, I read stuff about everything, and so, you know, I, I'll read, like, if the AV Club writes something then I'll, about a comic, then I'll read that, but I really don't do a lot of reading of definitely, like, no continuing series at all is just, like, never been something i've gotten into before um and and you know occasionally i'll i'll read a graphic novel or i'll get like a a collection and be it's like here's this whole storyline and i'll read those but i don't have yeah definitely among people who read comic books i am woefully underprepared (laughs) i i I think this also makes you a really good candidate this for this though because i think this is kind of the the target that that could get into Saga is someone who's got, like, casual understandings of comic and, like, respects the medium but hasn't really gone mm-hmm. far into it. For for a lot of people, you probably don't know this because, as you said, you know almost nothing about Saga. Um, <laughs> but, but in the comics world, Saga is a really big deal and it's actually brought a lot of new comics readers into like like it's converted a lot of people into comics readers since mm. it first came out a few years back. Probably worth noting though, not with issue twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> they generally start at the beginning, <laughs> which again is why I'm so fascinated. Just just as yeah. a frame of reference going forward, uh, do you have any favorite comics or graphic novels? Oh, um, well, I mean, let's see. I, I recently read through. I'm a, I'm a big Jinji Ito fan. Oh, um, yeah. I I got um, the full. Uzumaki kind of like collection oh, nice. for for the holidays, which was great. Um, you know, I as a kid, I I'm Jewish, and so this was around my house. Like Mouse One and Two were right. were very kind of important. You know, not that's just like nice children's reading, right? <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh, this book has pictures. Let me pull it off the shelf and then get scarred for life. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I let's see. I'm trying to think. I mean, like you know, I've definitely read. I've read Watchmen. I've read you know the Killing Joke, like the kind of like yeah, very right. baseline stuff. Um, but I I feel like you know I'm I'm more in with the kind of like weirdo self-contained stories that tends to be what i really like yeah that makes sense well this is this is a very sprawling weirdo story so it isn't but it is weirdo so i'm I'm invested already yeah so so we've been we've been beating around the bush i think we should we should finally start before before we get into the summary though can Mm. can we just hear your thoughts broadly oh yeah so yeah yeah it's it's interesting because Here's the thing. I think if you told me that this was the first issue, I would be like, seems like it's a little all over the place, but I would accept it. You okay. know, like it it is there is enough world setting that it wouldn't be 
completely bizarre for it to be the first entry of a series. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then I would kind of think of it as like, oh, yeah, this is just one of those comic book things. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is the reason that I haven't really got into this format. Um, th- you know, and so there are, there are parts that I was, you know, I think you could probably guess based on, like, how much history you you need to have with it that like the first i don't know 10 pages or so i was like really into because that's totally like from the beginning this is how stuff was and then we kind of started meeting new new characters that that already had a history with each other and and that's when you know it got it got a little more like Oh, th- there's some stuff that I should know here. <laughs> yeah, so I think, well, here's the thing, is that the thing that I'm, I'm most fascinated by this, which we'll get further into once we're dissecting it, is the fact that I'm not convinced it it uh, it communicates the main hook of this yeah. book at any point, which is actually, yeah, so... So do you know do you know what the uh what sort of like well you don't you don't know anything about science. No, I don't. So is, <laughs> what is the main hook? <laughs> the main hook of this book which is not even I don't know if you can even piece it together if you'd studied the hell out of this thing. Um <laughs> it is the fact that uh so there are the there are the two sort of warring uh alien species uh and two soldiers uh one from each side of the war uh fall in love and have a kid together um and which is the the little girl we're seeing throughout this book uh and the that is like apparently the first time that's happened and they're on the run from both sides of the war who don't want the existence of this kid getting out and that is the i don't think that's even referenced whatsoever nope that that sure isn't So, so there's there's one thing to consider in in terms of the success of this being a jumping on point is that you don't know what the book is yeah. about. I th- I think the other interesting thing too is like like you were saying like the first couple pages are kind of this big exposition dump, and that's kind of the first time in the entire comic that you get a big exposition dump. Oh, we like, haven't uh, had one this big before. Like yeah. it'll be one or two pages. Yeah, yeah. So. I guess so. What what I kind of thought reading this with the knowledge that it was the 25th is like what i imagined is that you had been on like the other side of this conflict for the whole time and so Ah. now you were finding out like it's like oh we thought these guys were the enemies but it turns out that they have like a a valid reason to be fighting too or something like that's what i thought this was yeah, which you know that that's a good transition into into this opening uh, this opening montage. But first, can we talk about really quick? I don't know what you guys can see, but I'm holding the uh, single issue, so oh, I got my yeah, the cover. whole wraparound cover here of uh, yeah yeah yeah. I've got the omnibus, so it's kind of got the wraparound cover printed, and it is it is stunning. Yeah, so this is this is actually kind of interesting. Again, as a jumping on point, is that it kind of shows just about every relevant character here. Uh, who who we will not get into the names of yet, because I want to keep this as as fresh as possible. But uh, it's it's yeah, a hell it's, of an epic cover. Yeah, it's kind of it kind of it's it's a cover that's kind of got the like old Star Wars poster vibes, right? Like right, the right. the kind of like everything going on this big like spectacle that's kind of like 
vaguely depicting something, but mostly just abstract. Which, yeah, I'm sure there is. Oh, and also, that's the, if only if you can see the back of this cover, that's the only time you can tell that, uh, that the green-haired woman, who we will learn is named Alana, uh, is, uh, has wings. And that doesn't, that's another thing that you just can't, you cannot see in this whole issue, is that she's part of the the aforementioned uh, winged folk who uh, who are half of this conflict. So yeah. So should we should we dive in with the summary? Do do you want to do you want one of us to do a couple summaries so you can get a, an idea of how the scenes go, or do you want to try taking a crack at summarizing this first scene? Oh, God, oh please, order. one of yeah, one of you yeah, go first. Yeah. I was gonna say, all right, I'm calling dibs on this one because oh is, come this on. is a okay, cool opening. Fucking, you should have called it faster, you idiot. Uh, so, so we start out with uh, with these floating. Uh, it looks like pearls floating in space, and then a hand reaches into this group of pearls and grabs one, and we realize it's one of those like lottery ball machines, uh, and we get the we get the uh, great meta dialogue here of and finally twenty five is the number being called but it's issue 25 uh and we get some uh voiceover here that points out that uh long before i was born soldiers were selected by a lottery and uh we see some action happening from the perspective of the winged soldiers uh who it says uh that the horrors of wreath inflicted on landfall made uh, the general population's appetite for revenge grow with each passing year. So this is this is landfall, which I don't even know if you can figure out that this is landfall, but this is landfall <laughs> in this uh, flashback. And oh, also worth pointing, it's all black and white, which is very cool, and I don't think we've seen that either. Uh, but we we get a little bit of history that there is a there is a battle between a planet. And, a, and its moon uh, and the people on the planet uh, have wings and you can sort of make out slightly that the people uh, from the moon have horns uh, and then we we learn that the the war kind of is shipped off to other planets to be fought uh, so that we have peace on the planet in the moon uh, and we see sort of a drive-in in, in uh, landfall and we see different people watching this kind of like we want you join the military ad of uh, landfall soldier fighting off uh, one of those big guardian dogs from issue one, uh, and we see different people reacting in different ways to the the ad uh, and the voiceover pointing out that people had their different reasons for joining the army. We see a certain green haired woman, whoever this could be, uh, getting felt up by a gross guy in in the car uh and she and the voiceover says some were trying to escape a bad situation so a little bit of backstory there for the people who know the characters you know for the people who aren't reading issue 25 <laughs> for their first issue of the comic again again if we have one goal with this with this episode <laughs> it's figure out who the fuck is this issue for because it's certainly it's not even for me it's not for us i don't know okay anyway uh, <laughs> so we we get some some more war montage uh okay so this is this is giving us a little better uh uh description of 
it's landfall with the with the wings and some other species and then versus so we see what is that like a ferret uh and some cyclopses uh and naturally yeah it looks like one of the cyclopses has wings and i'm just gonna ignore that because okay, that breaks everything that's... i know <laughs> and then yeah and then we get uh the other side and there's a bat person and a human uh fighting with the horns and then we see a massive battle shot uh of one of the giant tortoises and all the bloodshed uh but we see back back on landfall things are kind of quieting down and everyone there is just sort of forgetting that the war exists uh, and, and going partying, to raves and partying and having a good time uh and that's where we will stop that summary. Uh, I, I personally, uh, I, I, I think this scene is, I'm still confused as to why it exists, but it is mm-hmm. cool to kind of get a better sense of, like, l- landfall life, because we've gotten a bit of wreath life through Marco's flashbacks. But I guess I guess before we get too much into this stuff, what did you think of the intro, Jacob? <laughs> Well, I get again. I thought that this was, <laughs> I was into this part um, mm-hmm. because it, it it is, you know, very. I didn't n- need to know anything going into this, or I'm, you know, I'm yeah. sure that my my uh, knowledge would have like helped. Um, but like just this very basic setting up, like war first, intimate now, kind of removed. Um, you know was was a pretty effective uh, storytelling of like you know this is this is how we have this culture of war but people aren't uh, interacting with it that much um do you know i thought i thought was was cool and pretty digestible to me um and also when do you know just kind of like going down the page when i hit that massive turtle um yeah. <laughs> i i was like oh like this is do you know i kind of hadn't quite grasped the scale of uh different species that we were talking about here. oh yeah right. um, and so it was it was neat to have a like oh this is much bigger than i thought it was yeah right, right, right. yeah yeah i think it i think it gives a really cool kind of overview of what the world looks like and feels like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so the interesting thing about this to give jacob some some context is that we we've seen largely because we're following the two characters uh that are from either side of the conflict we've pretty much seen it from both perspectives uh consistently so the fact that it kind of zeroes in on just landfall's perspective of the war is weird (laughs) yeah yeah it it doesn't i i think i think a lot of this is a weirder knowing the book (laughs) Than, than going into it blind, which is the thing that fascinates me most. Uh, but but this is this is an interesting like this is some really cool world building from the perspective of someone who's been following it. Uh, just because we're getting we're seeing you know from outside of the war uh, a bit, we're seeing how it's it's affected this the planet uh, on a larger scale. I think it's really kind of cementing uh, that in a lot of ways, Landfall, and we've kind of gotten this sense, is very much like a surrogate for Earth, right? Like, it's very, if you if you ignore, like, the wings and the, like, eternal war with other planets, but, like, the drive-in movies, the, like, mm-hmm. uh, kind of, like, people entertaining themselves while the war's going on, like, it feels very kind of 
contemporary, uh, modern Earth-like, right? Mm-hmm. Now, how much do you know at this point about the other side's recruitment process? Like, do you, do you know about, like, they have the draft or they have, you know, mandatory whatever? Like, is this the first time you're seeing anyone's home life or is it just kind of like, you know, more detail on one of them? We've seen a bit about uh, the other side through flashbacks from one of the characters, but mm-hmm. not kind of explicit, not as explicit uh, as as this is kind of, this is kind of like blatantly telling you this is how this society works. And we haven't seen it to that level from the others, but we've seen, we've gotten enough to get a, to get a feel for it, I'd say. Yeah, mm-hmm. which which is, it's really interesting because this is the first issue of a new volume. What is it, volume five now that yeah. we're on? Jesus. Uh, but this is, with previous volumes off and on, we've gotten like very quick summaries or interesting ways to, to catch you up to speed uh, and, and give you that overall premise of, which, you know, it's been consistent in that, the overall premise of... Uh, it's a moon fighting a planet. And I think in their mind, that is the main thing you need to know going into this. But I personally think it's the fact that there's the moon fighting a planet. And then a soldier from each side had a baby together and they're on the run is also worth pointing out. Uh, But yeah, we've, we've seen like at the beginning of what was it? Volume two, we got the uh, Marcos flashback and it was uh, his, his, he's a horned character and it was his, uh, his parents using magic to show him like these kind of ghostly holograms of a a battle that took place where like a lot of horned people were slaughtered. And so that was the perspective we got. Uh, And, and it's always been very like the, almost like the, the horned people are kind of the indigenous people or they're the more like in tune with, uh, with nature and magic kind of people. And then the, landfall the people we're seeing the perspective of here are much more just modern america like yeah tech focused mm-hmm. and yeah so. i think i think that's that's another thing worth uh mentioning and i'm not sure how much of this you picked up from this issue but it's like the the conflict between the two sides it's very much kind of like f- a fantasy army versus like a sci-fi army uh yeah yeah now here's a question and it is yes yeah. keeping us on the edge of our seats <laughs> <laughs> uh was there anything that you that like stuck out to you as cuz yeah you you went into this with that sort of like ex- assuming that it's telling you what you need to know was there anything that just especially tripped you up or just like i don't understand this part of it or did this function as sort of a, a an intro for you um, I mean, I think the question of w- where exactly this was w- was mm. kind of interesting because mm. the the Earth analog that you were talking about mm-hmm. is is so much that I was like, is you know, I kind of couldn't figure out if this was on like a just a version of Earth where people had wings, right. or if it was like another planet 
you know, in in the same universe oh, or whatever. Yeah. I'm gonna blow your mind right now, Jacob. This is Nebraska 2023. <laughs> this is this is, is all... that real? <laughs> no. <laughs> you could tell me anything. <laughs> yeah. Which I do. I will do that during this podcast, and I and it's gonna be up to Noah to point out every time I'm lying. But. <laughs> no this is yeah this is i mean that's that's one thing that i think makes saga it's one of the more unique uh sci-fi fantasy things is that it it is it will just blatantly reference earth things and Mm -hmm. it does that from issue one and just establishes it like they have atms and they have worker unions with health care and it's all they have a lot of oh so like a better version of america (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) and yeah they just uh it's it's all very uh it, it pulls from a lot of things very blatantly not a lot of proper nouns not a lot of like referencing citizen kane or anything but like they have a lot of the same like people complain about apps on their phones and stuff like that yeah (laughs) but yeah i think the only other thing i wanted to point out is the uh the homeless guy we see in uh the last page here uh we also saw from the beginning of what was that volume three yeah uh back on landfall and hits him showing up again so he must be a rorschach character right like they're setting up a big big role for this homeless man i i think the other thing i think this is also just um once again shows and we talk about this a lot but fiona staples color palettes the color palettes Mm -hmm. and i think it's really kind of cool how throughout this as we kind of like progress forward in this we start in black and white then there's a panel where it shifts from black and white to color but the color is still kind of darker and washed out i didn't even notice that it was a like a i thought that was just all color on that yeah i didn't notice it was yeah black and white that's really cool and then and then by the end we're in this like bright neon rave but it all kind of works consistently which is like so this is something you might have noticed throughout and if you didn't notice as we reread keep an eye on it uh jacob is fiona staples uh so she does all of the art and the coloring and her color palettes are really clever really eye-catching and really really unique it's one of my favorite things about saga it was interesting actually starting with the black and white because as i'm sure you know there are many graphic novels that are just black and white and so i kind of i was like oh okay so it's one of those things where the the cover is in color and whatever and so then to transition back into color Mm -hmm. was very surprising but a a welcome change because i generally like reading in color (laughs) yeah i love this that is you are the target demographic for who I wanted on this episode that you didn't know if the comic was in black and white or not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also worth noting, uh, Noah, you can confirm or or disconfirm this. Is that uh, is this our first opening page that's not a splash? It is. It definitely is. Yeah. So yeah. We're, we're breaking some some boundaries yeah here. Huh. but yeah normally we start out with a very jarring splash of some kind of non sequitur thing and to to get into it but well this is and 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 then after this scene we do when the story proper begins though we do turn to a splash yeah that's interesting all right so do you want me to, i i'll take this scene that sounds good go for it i'll, I'll take it all the way to the brand uh to demi moaned take it to the brand <laughs> so w- we are now uh we get the splash page and we get the uh, transitional Hazel narration. 
um, mm-hmm. that says, to, to remind us from where we were on the last page, um, f- for most folks back on Landfall, war was something that would never directly impact their lives. And then we turn, and we get lucky them, and we see we're on Hoth, um, (laughs) (laughs) and we see Dango uh, holding Hazel's hand, and she's wearing an adorable parka, um, and we see the rocket ship tree perched on a cliff in the back. Uh, We learn, we get expositional narration about Dango telling us who he is um, and why he's doing what he's doing. Uh, that he's kidnapped the prince to try to, like, raise awareness to the plight of his people. Um, and we mentioned that it had been three months uh, since Hazel saw her father, so that's a bit of a... Uh, we get another time jump here, and we get some amazing dialogue where uh, Dango says, Don't worry, child, we won't be out here long. And Hazel says, my grandpa made this coat for me when I was a baby. It is so toasty and he is dead now. <laughs> we cut back after saying it's been months since Hazel had seen her father. We cut back to inside the rocket ship tree where Alana and Clara seem to be uh, trapped. Um, and Alana's banging on the door asking to let let out. Clara says that the ship it barely has enough fuel to do anything. Alana's kind of, like, scared for Hazel, but Clara said if he hasn't killed her yet, he's not gonna. Um, he clearly has other plans. And uh, basically says that they're screwed. Is Isabel can't come out yet because of the sunset. Um, yeah, no, we really go from, like, exposition right into just just pure... This must be very... Must have been very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... Uh, Basically, uh, Alana says, well, we'll wait for Marco. And Clara says, we're soldiers, not fucking damsels in distress. I'm done waiting for my son or anyone else to rescue us. So she breaks off uh, a piece of wood from this one of the chair bad cradle things and says that the next time Dango opens the door, Alana should jam the piece of wood into his jugular, and Clara says that uh, she killed more than a few drones in her day and that their necks are um, particularly vulnerable. Turn the page, we're kind of mm-hmm. saying... Uh, sorry, I got briefly distracted. Fix this in po- post. Um, I'll fix you saying pof in post. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Alana says that the reason why stabbing in the jugular probably worked was because the royals were inbred, um, and Dango might ha- not have the plan. And also, um, if if Alana makes uh, like makes a move and fails, then Dango will definitely kill Hazel. And then Alana kind of freezes up and vomits, and we learn that she's still in withdrawal from uh, the drugs. We get a great line where Clara says um, she's in withdrawal from that poison those degenerates hooked you on, and Alana says they weren't degenerates, they were actors, and I was one too, so maybe it's time to act, and we get a badass close-up of her face. Yeah, so, so Jacob, are you still... Now, where is your oh, pretty self-explanatory? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the the thing I first want to talk about is rocket ship tree, which you just yes! threw out as a very normal <laughs> thing. <laughs> you know, 
Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, what are what are your impressions of before I said rocket ship tree, were you aware of what the rocket ship tree is? What did they talk about it a little no, bit? No, I this? mean it looked it looked like a big tree, but honestly, I mean the biggest thing was I did not put together that the the big tree in the background of that first splash oh, was right. where they were. I mean, I could tell that they were being kept nearby kind of, mm-hmm. but but it wasn't it wasn't immediately apparent to me that like that is where they would be. I just kind of thought like, oh, here's a weird world where there's this like big giant root frozen yeah. on, on Hoth. Right, it, right. It really does look like part of the landscape in that shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's fascinating, and I think that's which I think we're gonna get into some because there's there's that thing you hear about, especially Marvel comics and stuff like that is every issue is going to be someone's first issue so you have to write accordingly and this kind of shows how fucking impossible that is yeah (laughs) because it's just like even something like that that is such a given and something that i would have never even considered as a reader who recognizes the interior of the rocket ship tree and the exterior of it so i can piece those things together for someone new yeah that's that you you can't yeah that is really interesting yeah and i I mean i i think there there is the panel establishing that they're in the same place but you're right it totally if you didn't know the the rocket ship tree it it totally there's nothing that explicitly says well and so this is another thing that you you'll probably notice in saga if you um if you didn't notice it uh already when you were reading it there's no um a lot of comic comics have kind of like establishing boxes that'll be like meanwhile inside here or things like that mm-hmm. saga doesn't do any of that saga really uh doesn't hold your hand with a lot of things it really trusts the reader to pick up a lot um which is i think really good for people who have been reading from issue one but (laughs) yeah and then another another challenge for me was just figuring out who who the narrator's voice was because it's not you know like like it's not the kind of marvel just like omnipotent voice that's like yeah. oh spidey's in a jam here like it's clearly yeah. someone um but i you know it was hard to tell if it was a, a a character that we had met if it was you know like i i thought briefly that it might be you know this this person in the warm jacket or whatever like narrating mm-hmm. about their past um but but then it said like you know involved kidnapping this poor kid so i was like okay that's not them um yeah so i (laughs) just wasn't wasn't sure exactly who was doing the talking oh i love that you are correct it is the person in the warm jacket and the this poor kid is not actually talking about her it's talking about you might have also missed this there is a (laughs) baby tv swaddled in the tv guy's chest you know, I I looked at that for a long time. I was like, "Is this a character?" <laughs> yes, that is a that is. A, also, I'm curious as to your first thoughts of, on on Dango, the the man with the TV head, because yeah. I feel like the the robot designs are very striking. Yeah, it was um, uh, weird. I mean, just the idea, you know, that they they refer to him as a robot. You know, that was, um, you know, which I was thinking it was like, oh, is this just like a weird helmet design? You know, like, right, is this right. kind of a, a man under here? Um, 
but but then they go into more talking about how to how to kill a robot or whatever but yeah it was i was definitely kind of taken aback and didn't know exactly what i was supposed to make of this person slash appliance (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it's it's uh but it really that voiceover and this is the other thing that really confused me about this is that voiceover really gets into what dango's doing here yeah like his motivation uh talks about him having you know he's in one of the nations that were dragged into the feud uh and his uh i think it says his he's he's trying oh yeah his only son died so it's giving his whole backstory and so it's like zeroing in on dango who is sort of the antagonist of this this current or yeah you know, may have the... come may have come as a surprise to you <laughs> yeah like he it's he's he's kind of just this this arcs or this you know general st- stretch of stories uh uh kind of resistance to the main characters and uh and it's it's kind of really centering around him <laughs> so i mean it yeah. did get the vibe that i did get was the mm-hmm. kind of like benevolent kidnapper though which feels like the, right. what's this is really yeah. go it's like it's yeah. clearly he's not being cruel to d- the, mm. the the person slash person and robot that he's taken yeah that i think that's very true and i think i think actually this is really interesting because i think from the second half of this scene coming in dry i imagine you probably already through this one scene probably have a pretty good idea of Clara and Alana's characters, the two women that are talking here. I think I think they're characterized pretty well here. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, yeah, did you get that sense? Yeah, I mean, you know, knowing I didn't quite know um, where or or how they were, but but yeah. the who was actually, you know, pretty clear um and and just kind of their their different approaches to the same situation you know are, are pretty distinct yeah also there's just an unacknowledged walrus in the scene oh yeah it, yeah it's fantastic uh it, it really which is. by the by the way that walrus's name is friendo um yeah <laughs> oh okay well they the, yeah they drop friendo later, later on in this there's a mention of friendo yes <laughs> would not would not have guessed it was the walrus <laughs> <laughs> Which, oh my you know, god part of me feels so guilty about this because it really is just it really is just demonstrating how like how much this issue isn't built for new readers yeah, yeah. and so this is this is this is purely like for but it, you know reading this and seeing the insane amount of uh you know summaries and backstory and stuff like you would assume oh this is for a jumping on point but like <laughs> Thank you for doing this because it's yeah. so much for my own enjoyment. <laughs> so much just like just pure fascination. Uh, but but yeah, don't don't feel don't feel dumb or anything when something goes over your head because I am surprised you are picking up on any of this. Yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, is there anything worth? Uh, I want to come back to the the stars, the suns here because. Uh, Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Some backstory, to, or once they reference what those stars are, uh, I want to talk about them because it's a really cool thing that they're doing. At this point, uh, wh- I-, I was gonna ask ask with with the sun things. What or who do you think Isabel is, Jacob? 
Oh Is boy. Brought up by name. Yes. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's see where where does that happen? So it's. I'd ask your phantom with... babysitter to find out for us, but until those godforsaken suns decide to set, Isabel is even more useless than usual. Yeah. So so. Isabel is the phantom babysitter, and that is all the information I know. <laughs> that's, that's about all you need. Uh, and yeah, it's it's implied that she can only come out at night, and these sons are why she can't. But they have a phantom babysitter that's tied. Yeah, honestly, that is the kind of like dialogue bubble that just like completely washed over me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like it might was, as well have been a different language. Yeah, I was like, like I read yeah. all the words and was like, all right, that doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> Yeah, Wait, th this is this is something that I've always been fascinated with, with like, uh, especially looking back at like the stuff I loved as a kid and just the amount of things that I could like fall in love with and get totally immersed in and have no idea what the fuck was going on. Even Star Wars, <laughs> where they, you know, are talking about setting like you know the lasers to certain things and all these like all these technical terms that george lucas loves to throw into everything and just me eating it up and just being like yeah i don't know what the hell's going on and i accept all of it fully and yeah no i think it's actually it, it's like a pretty common and and i think valuable part of like you know, a lot of the media I consume is like, I constantly am listening to podcasts about movies I've never seen. And, right, yeah, and yeah. you know, like people talking about media I haven't consumed. And so learning how to kind of figure out what people are talking about from the bottom up or kind of like from mm -hmm. the inside out is is something that I feel like I'm just doing all the time now. And so right. it's like, yeah, this is weird, but also... You know, I'm I'm listening to a bunch of episodes of Blank Check about movies that I've never yeah. seen, and so like it's not that different, right? That's that's very true, and I feel like that's a pretty uniquely modern thing. Like I think up until like ten years ago, like the concept of being able to talk in depth about a piece of media you'd never consumed would be completely bizarre. But I there are movies, there are and there are games, and there are stuff that I have not played or not watched that I actually feel semi-qualified to talk about which maybe says more about me than it does about anything else. Oh no, but... it's it's how I respond whenever anyone asks me if I've seen Joker. <laughs> which... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I going I feel like I <laughs> I understood like that movie just as much as I did after having watched it or <laughs> it's just like that was precisely it that was unnecessary uh but yeah no that's and that's something that is thrown into they're actually really good about throwing stuff like that into the comic that you don't actually understand and you don't know what they're gonna t come back to and actually explain at any point and it's so integral to so much of the world building here are random throwaway things like that where like oh, no what's that one oh they're talking about they need their fridge fix and they have to call the repair witch or something yeah. like that where it's just like these random phrases instead of just doing the obvious thing they'll just like throw in a bit of world building uh that will like probably never come back but totally yeah. could who knows but yeah so that's interesting that we're still kind of using that same part of the brain whether or not you've read all of this it's just for different things yeah i think i think that's very true there's a lot of things all the time in saga something will come up especially especially i find visually a lot of the time something will come up and i'll be like this character design is really cool 
is this just a person in a scene? Will I meet this person? (laughs) Is this a person that's passing in a scene once and 20 issues on will Mm -hmm. do something traumatic to me? Who's to say? Come back. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right. You know what? We're doing it, Jacob. We're doing it. We're throwing you into the oh my deep God. end here. Oh, well, uh, and and with the, the most self-evident scene of the whole <laughs> yeah, thing, this is, this is exactly what I wanted. Please, please, Jacob, with all of your heart, just try to explain what's happening here. Okay, so, so we cut to what looks like a kind of smashed open planet, like a totally cut in half thing. Um that's saying that uh well mom so okay so the person before who's talking about acting is the the mom of the narrator um was preparing for a next big role uh uh her dad's ex was exploring a remote planet called demimond um searching for a contract killer named the will um and and then we get four no five characters um Two of which are animals, unclear on how many are sentient versus pets. Um, that's that's still unclear to us as well, actually. Yeah, the, where their level of sentience is uh, suspect. Yeah, so one of them with horns is complaining that they can't buy a bottle of dragon spunk somewhere. Um, <laughs> that's Gwendolyn for the listeners. <laughs> and and uh, another another in kind of a cool jacket uh, sarcastically remarks that that life is never that simple. Um, the, That's the brand. The the naked cat looking thing wants to say something smart, but then the, another character in a pink hoodie hushes it. Don't even know how to describe that one. Um, but anyway, yeah. So they they are clearly on here to uh, harvest what appears to be dragon spunk, and they're not happy. Um, and then we get a giant. I would have said turtle, but like they said, dragon, and so mm-hmm. some kind of turtle dragon appears. It, it kind of looks like a salamander. Right? Yeah, it kind of looks like a Dark Souls boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we're kind of thrown into an action scene where where uh, Gwendolyn uses uh, the a brother's cape um, to <laughs> to deflect fire. While what's what's the suit guy's name? The brand. Or, suit person's name okay the brand um extends their sword uh you know what looks like 50 feet or so and goes goes right (laughs) through the dragon's nostril um and they're like okay we got him tear his balls open um (laughs) and and just as someone uh says i i don't think it has balls um uh the the dragon pees all over everyone <laughs> and is that is that where we should look? okay and so peace peace all over everyone uh no one is pleased and then and then it's revealed that the the dragon pee attracts more dragons and so uh they're they're in a pretty bad spot uh i love it i love it <laughs> i want you to summarize every scene jacob that was that was fantastic uh, so <laughs> i don't know how else to describe I mean, that's it. what i that's what we would have said too so uh yeah so yeah one thing that immediately strikes me here and i was wondering how you would interpret it because it's another thing that is just bizarre for new readers uh that naked green cat 
there is named Lying Cat, and it is it, all it can say is lying, and it's sort of like a lie detector. Uh, so it like whenever someone around it says a lie, it just says lying, and that's the only word it could say. See, it's interesting because it was like clearly cut off from saying something, but L Y I. Yeah, didn't yeah, immediately you to... say like lying to me. It's like a fucking crossword puzzle. Yeah. Like, you don't, it's, it's very hard to decipher. So yeah, so that's that's impossible to 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 decipher as a as a new reader, even though it's it, again a pretty integral uh, character to this book. Uh, but yeah, the rest of it is pretty spot on. I I love this. So another thing that Fiona Staples does really well throughout the series is establishing shots of planets, and this is probably my mm. favorite. I love Demi Monde. I also love that Demi Monde. For those of you who don't speak French, mm-hmm. Demi Monde is literally French for half world. No, oh, well, yeah, there you go. I didn't even make that connection because it's also it's also a term that was used for like. Uh, groups of people who like live like a very hedonistic lifestyle in like Victorian times, and so very like flagrantly hedonistic people. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's an Emmy moan. Yeah, yeah. So huh. it works. It were and that's where the stalk is from. So yeah, that's this is, that's this great. Is all adding up. That's brilliant. That, this this isn't this, like Mama Son. This is that's another one of those really really clever puns. Oh, I didn't even make. Yeah, I didn't even make that. Uh, yeah, yeah, that is called demi mode, and it's a planet sliced in half. It's also just so cool with like the planet sliced in half, and it looks like the molten core is like leaking out into space. Yeah. Now, is there is there an in universe reason? Because when I saw this, what I thought of was like dead space. You know, like the kind of planet cracking right, right. mining stuff. Is is this just a planet that happens to be in half? This is I. There's probably like there. There are so many things, world building things. Will you where you will just see it and you're you're just left to fill in the blanks yourself. So yeah. that could very well. And it's like totally up in the air whether or not they'll come back to it. But it's very much part of their world be uh, world building sort of uh, like just technique in general yeah of show you a thing like there there's a part where they're flying past these uh stars and it looks like these stars have kind of like have been kind of contained within these like clockwork mechanical things they and look it's like, like okay, dyson I can... spheres yeah exactly so it's like just and they never acknowledge it or anything and it's just like you can kind of figure out how this whole universe works uh, just by seeing like these establishing yeah. shots and these things in the background, and or or you could just ignore it, and the story works totally fine without it too. But yeah, that's just one of those things where this has not gotten a, an yeah. explanation. I don't know if for it ever us will. Th- this is this is actually the first time we see D- Demi Monde in the comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, so here's here's a question. Um, mm-hmm. So so they ask, um, you know, can we buy a bottle of Dragon Spunk somewhere? And then Mark says no, and the cat says why so does that mean that they can in fact buy think, dragon think, spunk somewhere <laughs> i think the cat is saying lying to uh sure because oh. life is always that simple yeah, oh okay she's, she's being sarcastic and yeah i don't lying i don't think lying cat lying cat doesn't yeah. know about uh where dragon spunk Sarcasm. can be purchased no no <laughs> yeah so that that makes sense uh oh also can i just point out as gross as it is, it's also very cute that we get uh, Sweet Boy is the name of the dog, and of yes. course, of course, like any other dog, it can shoot uh, 
the darts out of its nose. But uh, <laughs> but, but there's a part where Sweet Boy's shaking off all the piss. <laughs> get it splashing a it very characteristic else. dog move. <laughs> yeah. 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 Which there's always that attention to uh, animalistic details, which I like. What did you think of the action scene? I thought it was cool. It You know, it happens very quick. You know, it, there's mm-hmm. only kind of like three or four panels of actual yeah. action mm-hmm. movement. I was certainly surprised by the sword move. Yes. Um, I, I just was not expecting a <laughs> magic giant extending sword. Um, I mean, I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then there's the, you know, there's that kind of line about the cape, which is, I feel like pretty par for the course for like superhero comics in general, where it's like mm-hmm. you hear reference to something that clearly has history, but also you just get what it means in context of that scene. And so I was like able to parse like, okay, the brother's cape is is either appealing or defensive or something, right. um, you know, and, and so then they were able to do this, um, <laughs> and, and then it pisses on him. The, <laughs> the pee scene is beautifully drawn, I should say. <laughs> uh, yeah, top five pee renderings, like, <laughs> of this arc, for sure. This is the thing, too, where, like, like the pee is shocking but not that shocking for saga on the list of like on the list of shocking things that you see in saga saga a giant dragon pissing on your heroes is kind of <laughs> par for the course mm-hmm. uh but yeah what was there anything else worth pointing out in this scene um i mean i i am not clear why they're attempting to get dragon spunk um right right and because it mentions they 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 kind of mention in the uh in the narration they say um in search of a cure for a no good contract killer named the will but i feel like that just creates yeah Yeah, that creates more questions than answers you know the cure semen Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's 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 an ingredient for a for a formula that they need to to sort of save someone is is the gist of it. Uh, but yeah, that's. But really, do you need to know if, if we're getting dragon piss here? We don't need to know what's happening. Just enjoy <laughs> the dragon piss. That's what I always say. Yeah, and then it just ends with them in a in a real tight spot. Yep. yep. With a bunch Ooh. of dragons closing That's in. That's a really cool shot. Yeah. We yeah. Get the sort of aerial view here of other dragons showing up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Should we should we go to the next scene? Let's do it. All right. This is your turn, John. Yep. We're going to breeze through this one, even though it is entirely dialogue. Uh, so we, we see the uh, now confusingly named Dragon Skull ship. <laughs> yeah. Because it is... Very obviously different from the dragons we've seen, <laughs> but uh, but we we see our our good buddies, uh, Prince Robot the Fourth, piloting the ship with Goose behind him, pointing to the direction of Frendo, and uh, and then there's Marco, who's who's uh, kind of just so just just a quick summary of what's happening here is that uh 
is that they are trying to find uh that rocket ship tree and they're trying yeah. to find like the uh prince robot it's his baby that is swaddled to dango and the horned guy it's his daughter who's in the coat okay uh, and then it's a uh, dad trip and then uh <laughs> goose goose the seal with overalls is uh is uh, a shepherd who's uh Who's has a flock of walruses, <laughs> and one of in that walrus he can sense where they are, and uh, and that walrus with them is who he's sensing to try to get them. I there. should say the the only part of this that felt familiar mm. to me that I was like, oh, maybe I've seen this before was uh, Goose. Uh, like I feel yeah, like I've yeah. seen maybe fan art on Twitter or something. You've, you probably have because goose is the <laughs> fucking cutest thing ever made uh all right i love so i love that goose is your touchstone for saga <laughs> that's all you need that's all you need uh so yeah so they're trying to navigate there uh and there is still some uh arguments happening between marco and prince robot even though they now have because they were former enemies uh but now that they have the same goal they're still butting heads prince robot points out that once they get there their alliance is a is a increasingly temporary one once they once they find their kids uh he's going to uh oh i need to look up what the translation of this is but i'll do that in a second uh, oh wait, I already did it. Oh, I'm so smart in the past. Uh, but they 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 start they start fighting, and he's threatening that once they find their kids, then he's gonna you know take them in or whatever, and refers to uh, to Alana in a very mean way that I dare not repeat in this podcast. Uh, and that kind of sets Marco off, who runs at him yelling in blue. Uh, and here's your translation. Never is the first balloon, and then never talk about my wife again as he grabs Prince Robot's uh, Mega Man blaster and shoves it to his own head. And then here comes Yuma, the the plant lady. I won't even get into how she's involved in this, <laughs> but she's she's with them also. And she's just like, fucking stop it. Stop arguing with each other. And Marco storms off. And says, you people disgust me. And then we get the most adorable, heartbreaking shot of Goose, who just looks devastated and says, what did I do? do? (laughs) Marco heads back to to the, the sleeping pods. And we see his cool bat sword and shield. Uh, and he lifts one up. And it's, uh, what is that? Punk conk. Punk conk. Punk conk. There we go. Uh, I just wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to let you tread water for a little bit. <laughs> uh, he lifts up the shield and there's Pong Conk under it, Hazel's doll, and he grabs it and he starts crying. Uh, and the voiceover reminds us reminds us that it's been months since uh, he's last seen her. Uh, and that's our scene there, uh, which I feel like this is probably the most confusing scene (laughs) one of the more confusing ones in terms of dynamics i'm guessing yeah i mean for me it's just like like character motivations like i just don't know in this um and so it's like clearly i got like oh they don't you know there, there is some tension between each other you know so it's like their interpersonal ones are clear um and i guess i guess the the um someone the fourth mr four 
uh, mm-hmm. says, you know, the second you help me find my son, blah, blah, blah. You know, so it was like clear that they are they're working together because of external reasons. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, having some more context on who these people were would definitely have <laughs> cleared some things up. Oh, one one thing from this that's like, even though we had seen another another robot in the past scene i feel like this is the first time that we see that like or i saw that their Mm -hmm. their kind of screens would just (laughs) kind of emote for them um yeah Yeah. and so seeing him turn around with a a face full of dynamite is pretty funny (laughs) so yeah how how are you feeling about the overall like character designs like creature designs and stuff i mean they are clearly kind of all over the place you know mm-hmm. like in the, just that first like panel of this section where you have what looks like a, a robot <laughs> butler and and a grim horned man and then this like disney character all standing next to each other are is pretty entertaining yeah the 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 character designs of saga are, are and actually as this this issue spoiler alert will end on some uh on a whole host of new character designs, oh, yeah. too. Uh, oh, yeah, Saga I is... remember those ones. <laughs> Saga's character design is simultaneously all over the place, but as you read it, like, there is, there does seem to be this cohesiveness where they all feel like they exist in the same universe, but it's a very diverse universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the things on the screen is something that's used... It's a really, really strong kind of visual narrative technique that's used throughout the story, and you kind of very quickly get the sense that it's like, in moments of intense emotion, that's when the robots show things on their screen, and sometimes it's very direct, sometimes, like in this, it's kind of a more abstract, like, like he's ready to blow and it's showing dynamite actually i guess that's pretty literal um yeah. but <laughs> yeah but there's there's definitely there's one later on in the story too that was um w- weird enough that i kind of was stuck on it for a while um yeah but yeah this this one was more like oh okay i get what that means yeah yeah which that's another thing like uh that you know you gain through uh understanding the the hierarchy in the species a bit is that this is this is royalty this is prince robot the fourth uh and so his screen is more high tech and it's in color whereas dango is like just a commoner and so he has the black and white more abstract uh screen uh all right no is there anything else we wanted to point out um this other than how fucking great goose is marco's rage face is really scary um oh yeah whenever he gets mad and uh fiona staples does these like dark lines around his eyes that make him feel like fucking off the hook and insane it kind of Mm. looks uh do you know the the wolf among us um yes yeah yeah looks i mean i only know it from the the telltale series Mm -hmm. but but it's got kind of like similar vibes to that he yeah he totally does have some bigby wolf vibes with with his beard yeah, yeah, we 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 were we were only introduced to bearded Marco at the end of last issue, right? Yep. Let me tell you, bearded Marco is probably my favorite Marco. Bearded Marco does it for me. I do want to apologize now that you will never 
truly feel the the resonance of seeing bearded marco for the first time yeah (laughs) so all the other marcos will be downhill from here is what you're saying (laughs) should we oh also one more thought would do you like the dragon skull spaceship uh seems uh, seems kind of (laughs) cramped seems like they're kind of all over each other um yeah I like how this is sort of just getting approval now. Uh, do you like do you like the handwriting here? Did we do a good yeah. job with the handwriting? Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So we will. No, uh, no, bring us bring us on home. All right. So we get our transitional Hazel narration. I will remind you um, that it ended on. I uh, it had been months since Dad and I had seen each other, and then we get a page turn that is just devastating in the narration. Um where we turn the page and it says, and it would be years before the two of us would see each other again, which is really interesting as a first kind of setting the stage for this arc. And and that's over an exterior shot of a planet. And then we cut down and we see a hoof um, landing on the planet. Um, and... Uh, You're gonna have to qualify that a bit now. <laughs> Expand on hoof, please. Um, a a big spaceship hoof broken off just okay. above the foot. Um, <laughs> just, and just a body this was actually something where I saw it and was like, "Is that like a like a foot?" And then it said it was a hoof, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, good. I'm not like imagining things. It's supposed <laughs> to look like that." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Alana says, "Looks like the hoof of an o- old." astronomical but Mm -hmm. landfall decommissioned those things years ago so jacob this is an example of the kind of like yeah world building that we get where we have not heard of these we might not hear of them again but even just saying the hoof of an old astronomical i get the sense that it's basically a giant space mech that's a horse yeah well it's i mean and the the color scheme looks like a um what are those Days of Future Past things? Sentinels? Oh, Sentinels, right, yeah. yeah. Do you know? Yeah, no, I, was, I, I was thinking the color scheme looks like Frieza. <laughs> <laughs> I like all of these. Um, and and so Clara looks very concerned. She says if Dango really summoned the, summoned the wings, they'll slaughter Hazel the moment they see the nubs on her head. Dango comes back into the rocket ship tree, and they ask what he's done. He says, commence with plan B. Uh, I'd hope to persuade others to join my campaign through words and images, but it's clear the only language people understand is action. And then we get the shot that uh, Jacob was talking about earlier, where he has something on his screen that looks in a very kind of minimal way, like like a planet crashing into another planet or a moon crashing into a planet or something like that. Mm-hmm. He's called a heroic band of freedom fighters dedicated to ending both of your world's reigns of terror. Uh, Alana says, please tell me you didn't bring the rebellion here. And Dango says, rebellion is for teenage girls. And then we get a fantastic page turn, um, splash page of, I called the revolution. And, and I'm going to let Jacob explain, uh, what we're seeing here. (laughs) Oh, all right. We got, this is also our first time seeing this reading through. We got some weird folks. I actually, I assumed that I was like, these characters are not introduced like returning champions. Like this yeah. is clearly supposed to be a weird. Okay, so we have. Uh, I'm gonna go from from closest uh, to us to farthest. So we have um, 
uh, a human-ish looking woman with kind of pink boxing gloves and a, and a kind of fighter's build. Um, we have a snake man, like a like a centaur, but uh, with a snake holding a mace um <laughs> that, that looks like it's made out of rock candy um we have a uh kind of uh, sexy blue fish thing i mean still anthropomorphized but has like fins and stuff um and is holding a monster hunter sword um yeah. we've got a a uh, kind of armor-ish looking guy. It's not clear if it has like a head or not. It's got kind of a flame and some kind of minigun and then just a just a good old kind of like orc with a bandolier in the very back. <laughs> yeah, so oh, this, is, this is the revolution. This is the revolution. revolution. These five people. I, I just I just uh I just pieced together that the uh the what are those in World of Warcraft? Naga? Are those the yeah the yeah it's yeah half naga snake people naga are snake people yeah uh i just realized like it, he has almost built into his physiology he has a hood a hood yeah and it's like a hooded like a cobra hood type thing but it's an actual hood oh my god yeah dope. that's so that's so cool i didn't i didn't get that yeah also with the i like the uh sort of scraped off uh scraped off uh, what is that? The landfall symbol is just the purple yeah, circle, yeah. I think. Oh yeah, I didn't pick that. Pick up on that. Yeah, on the on the hoof. Yep. Hoof, hoof. How do you pronounce hoof? Question for the ages. Uh, yeah. So that's our that's our <laughs> issue. So you know all of Saga now, right? I'm I'm fully caught up. <laughs> <laughs> all, all makes perfect sense. Uh, now you're gonna launch your own saga podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, w- what are your thoughts on uh, on this issue, Jacob? Did you did you like it? Were you a little too confused? As a newcomer coming into it, how effective was it at at making you feel like you knew what you were reading? <laughs> and uh, how much did it sell you on it too? I mean, so I feel like there were definitely there were there were parts that I found more effective and less effective as kind of like a newcomer so it's like i already talked about the kind of the intro couple pages i was really into because those were those were very clear and then i liked the the part that i ended up describing a lot with the kind of dragon yeah and whatever because both of those felt like pretty self-contained scenes um but then these these kind of basically whenever um uh, dango is is in a scene and 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 these other kind of two women characters felt more like a part of a larger continuing story that i wasn't wasn't as in on and then i mean i got this last page is a weird swing like yeah like you know as as i kind of felt like i was like okay i kind of get the aesthetic here and then and then just like the snake man is, is even yeah. you know i i felt like i got it and then i was like oh maybe i don't got it um <laughs> yeah so i i mean like i think it's actually a not bad as someone who read a lot of comic books that were not the first edition of those Mm -hmm. series or like the first issue this is kind of just how comic books read to me is that like i understand some scenes and i don't understand others or or that i don't have the full context for others and so i didn't find it 
off-putting in its kind of like whatever i just know that there is some stuff that i don't know but i feel like Mm -hmm. if i kept reading forward from this point i might be able to retroactively figure it out right Mm. right yeah i you know it, it has me sort of wondering what is this even the best issue if you're gonna pick a random issue during the run like other than you know something from the first arc is this even are there issues that draw you into it better maybe ones that focus on like maybe even last issue because no that was like we just focused on two groups of people right that came together and it wasn't jumping around less and it got us caught up like i think issue 24 even though this kind of end of an arc more of an effort like yeah this i feel like issue 24 is a better jumping on point for this uh but yeah i think in the thing that throws me off because i you know i there might be people listening thinking what are you talking about this isn't this isn't even trying to bring in new people but the you know in addition to it having the biggest exposition dump of things we largely already know uh in that first section yeah the the amount it gets into dango's backstory and motivation that it's clearly that if you're reading the book like all the way through you know all of this already that is the part that especially throws me off as who is this for i think marco and prince robot scene two kind of plays out a lot of things that if you've been following you know like you you kind of know their motivations but i mean i think the other thing too is to some extent it might just be like because saga always takes a hiatus uh, or takes a break after like finishing an arc right so it might just be catching everyone else back up to speed in a more aggressive way than than usual yeah because that's the thing is that you if you go if you go look at the first uh, issue of any other arc, it might have this to a significantly lesser degree, but even then it's giving you a lot of new information. Yeah. It like, it might have this for like one page, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this is just like, it really goes into it. Oh yeah. <laughs> and... No, I forgot how, I mean, this is uh, compared to, uh, I, I just, I just flipped back compared to how, uh, the 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 fourth um the fourth issue started this is definitely a lot more friendly to or fourth arc started this is a mm-hmm. lot more friendly to uh to new people yeah oh yeah yeah in case you're wondering jacob the fourth uh the fourth arc starts with a full page picture of a baby tv head being pushed out of a vagina <laughs> well that makes perfect sense to me <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, this is, this is, so this is, here, this is my theory, this is my theory going forward, and it is that this issue is specifically for people who read either the first issue or the first book and then fell off and want to jump back into it. That makes a lot of sense. That's my theory, number one, but that is such a niche, like, tiny little audience. Yeah. Uh, or theory number two, it's someone who at least got a decent pitch from someone uh, the opposite of what we did with Jacob yeah. where where it's where it's just like here like the premise is that it's these two worlds warring and it's uh and it's this couple from either sides having a baby and they're trying to run away from both sides of the war uh and i feel like with that knowledge in mind at least that is that seems to be uh approached as a given in this issue uh then maybe it's a little easier to follow but even then like i don't even know dude so so do you think 
having having read this, do you think that you'd do, does this make you want to go back and start reading Saga from the beginning? I think this the issue didn't on its own, but hearing y'all talk about it actually did mm-hmm. more. You know that oh, yeah. that like your hints at the larger context of it were were really intriguing you know and so i think which which is why i mean like why i like media analysis so much just as a field Mm -hmm. is like when you hear someone who is more knowledgeable than you talk about something that they like that makes you more inclined to like it um yeah and so yeah it was it was fun kind of like starting to get like okay these are the parts of this story that i don't know but i could um mm-hmm. and and yeah so that's that is interesting if you decide to go back and read through it i would love to have you on a later episode once you're caught up and actually like understand the uh understand the comic mm-hmm. you know i do have i have a great suggestion for a companion podcast uh if you if you ever oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. what's that one it is <laughs> Uh, it's it's the it's the one that you're starting now mm, because yeah. you're a saga expert and I love hearing your <laughs> perspective on all of this. Yeah, uh, can yeah. We just we should have just had you start reading it backwards. Let's yeah. Our, that's that'll be our next like lab rat case. <laughs> is have someone start with the last issue. Uh, which okay, uh, really quick. One thing I wanted to point out before because it's sort of my last analysis thing. Uh, Obviously, yeah, that last splash is is kind of absurd for us, which that's the thing about Saga is it constantly sort of surprises you. So, like, they do feel sort of, like, just outside of, like, the universe's aesthetics, and it, that's what's so exciting about this last splash is, like, why is there yeah. this, like, superhero group suddenly showing up? Yeah. Like, it's so, so fucking weird and great and exciting. Uh, but one thing that I loved, and these are the sort of details we pick up on in these rereads that I never, ever noticed the first time around, uh, is the fact that we're on an ice planet, uh, and yet we can't have, like, they, they don't want Isabel coming out because she can only come out in the dark. Uh, so their solution around uh, to get around that is to have uh, multiple dying stars that you can see in that establishing shot in the last scene. Oh, that's so true. That's so cool. So it's like just these sort of like, like very, very slight, very like, like just hollowed out stars. Uh, So we do have that constant sunlight, but it's not enough to warm the planet. It's it's still an ice planet. And then there's two of them so that there's, you know, constant sunlight. Uh, And so, yeah, that's a, that's a very logical touch to all of this that i appreciate also do you think do you think the fish lady is the same species as upshur and doff that's my assumption yeah that's that's a sentence that's a sentence that i'm sure jacob followed (laughs) along completely oh yeah all right all right uh jacob what going forward is there a certain like character uh you're interested the most in or a beat or anything like that. Um, nope, just character. I'm keeping it to that. No, don't okay. don't moderate okay. my questions. Okay. Well, I, 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 you know, I'm always invested in a character named Lion Cat. Um, yeah. So <laughs> that's something. But um, yeah, I don't. I mean, I thought even though it was the part of the story that I kind of didn't grasp the most, the kind of vibe of how Dango is like 
interacting with all the other characters here is just really interesting um Mm -hmm. you know the the kind of like being nice to the kid even though ostensibly he's a kidnapper and and um his views on political revolution versus the yeah. the mm-hmm. other women that he's holding captive um mm-hmm. you know it's just like i i want to know more about that and i feel like my guess is that his character 10 issues from now is pretty dissimilar to whatever he is now um mm-hmm. and so i'm just interested in in what happens in that arc yeah dango is dango is really interesting because he's a character that and also that's an interesting part about them giving him so much backstory is that he didn't show up until maybe six issues ago yeah uh and he's just this like hyper disruptive force that just like sends everyone off on these spiraling paths yeah. and is is so fascinating he's by far the most sort of absolute in his uh, just what he's trying to do and what he's willing to do to get it done. Like he's yeah, yeah. He's very. It's it's interesting because um, throughout Saga, there's a lot of kind of moralistic ideas at play, um, and for for a lot of it, one of the big concepts is like pacifism and nonviolent resistance. And then Dango comes in as this example of almost this foil to that. This person who is willing to do anything to accomplish his means but he also it it's not like he's just this like like you said he's kind of humanized and he's he's shown to have some empathy so he's a really really is a fascinating character that's dropped into this story and really impacts the story like like a meteor yeah and which i mean that's that's kind of the thing that that makes me love saga so much is that it it takes it it looks at you know largely war in these big massive topics and it kind of like almost gets to a conclusion but then it throws in the one character that is like almost like that sort of joker to batman yeah kind of thing where it throws in this one character that just like makes you question every conclusion you've come to and every feeling yeah. you've had about this uh and so it's very good at just keeping that that conversation interesting and keeping it uh nuanced and dynamic uh yeah it's a pretty good book I should read it sometime. Do we have a favorite moment? I mean, it's got to be Dragon Piss, right? <laughs> You're, I'm, I'm giving you full, I'm giving you full access to Dragon Piss. You can stick yep. your. That's <laughs> <laughs> where I'm planting my flag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dragon Piss is the hill you will die on. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, Dragon Piss is is excellent, and uh, just my... cut that out and have that as. The... <laughs> Yeah, sort of catchphrase for the show. That could be uh, the title of the episode. This <laughs> is excellent. Uh, I I'm going with the with the uh, because because someone stole Dragon Piss. Uh, I'm going with the what did I do from from oh, Goose. Goose? Yeah, just breaks my heart. It's fantastic. I'm gonna go with Demi Moaned. I love that. I love everything about it. I love the pun of it. I love the design okay. of the world. I just love conceptually the idea mm. that sitting out there in space is this planet that's just been fucking cut in half. Yeah. What could have done it? And and do song of the week? Ooh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to say there is a song called Solipsism by a band called Alpaca and the album it's on is called Demimond. So oh. there we go. That's my oh, that's song fun. of the week. Uh 
I'm going to be even more on the nose than that, and I'm going to say my song of three week is Revolution by the Beatles. (laughs) Because they just called in the revolution. And I could actually kind of like as as you cut to the revolution, like I could I could feel the uh, the like wailing guitar of revolution. <laughs> that definitely seemed like a guitar riff moment. I, I heard yeah, it in my exactly. head. <laughs> uh, Jacob, do you want to do you want to just throw a song out there? Uh, cool? It can be pertaining to any moment or the issue as a whole or whatever or you, you want. Yeah, right sure. Now. I yeah. mean, this sounds this sounds similar to the the revolution on the nose, but I think it actually fits more with the um with the opening couple pages, which is Want to Be Free by British Sea Power, which is a song that I've mm. been listening to on repeat for the past couple weeks. I have not heard that. I will check it yeah, out. Oh, it's some it's some good mournful shit. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we, that's some that's some solid playlist additions there. Uh, and then, of course, should we cut to that sweet, sweet question of the week music? Let's hear it. Let's give it a little bit of build up. Just hear it distantly. <laughs> oh, it's getting louder. <laughs> there it is. is wow. <laughs> okay. So. We'll never. Uh, yeah, Jonathan makes this exact same joke. You literally off the every joke that week. Time. How dare well, you? Well, hey, it is new to me. <laughs> <laughs> My audience, that is perfectly ideal. Uh, I do. I have a question. Oh yeah, yeah. I do have a question. It actually comes from what we were talking about. Noah, I'll let you start though with your question that you totally have. Who do you think this issue is for? <laughs> That is a good, that's a fantastic question. Uh, so who do you think this issue for? I'm also going to add on to that. Uh, other than other than issue number one, uh, what issue would you suggest as a jumping on point? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, and I'm going to say you can just give us the number of a future issue, but do not post any sort of the the contents or any spoilers about future issues jacob do you have a question this is so this is a question that you're you're posing to listeners yeah to listeners and they'll they'll, and and really among the questions we've asked like who would you cast as a play as a character and we have also asked like how do you reconcile a pacifist ideology (laughs) with a world that's inherently violent so really You've got the full spectrum of questions you that you floor. can ask. Okay, well, this is this is a question that did occur to me while I was reading it, among many. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're going to harvest dragon sperm, and then they say, "Get ready to tear open his balls." <laughs> that's not. I don't. Do you think that's how dragon anatomy works? <laughs> Have you never donated sperm before? <laughs> not in that respect. <laughs> Oh God! I've been doing it wrong for years. Oh Jesus! That's, that is a great question. <laughs> All right. Well, and if people if people want to find you, uh, where can they find you online? Um, I'm I'm Jacob Geller, pretty much everywhere. That's my YouTube channel. That's my Twitter. Um, just just look me up on those two things, and I'll be talking about everything else I'm doing from there. But uh, yeah, go go subscribe slash follow those i'm gonna i'm gonna give up i'm gonna give up my boosting my own stuff here really quick to say i 
it just occurred to me to bring this up. Uh, it might it it will definitely sell people on your videos, uh, and it might sell you on this series. But I think the perfect companion piece to this comic book is uh, is your video about Call of Duty and what do, how does Call of Duty feel about war? Oh, that's interesting. And that is that is the it's it's the exact kind of topics that uh, that I think this this book does fantastically that uh that you are so good it is such uh productive criticism and such a good analysis of of call of duty's approach to the same subject the saga does what call of dude don't, <laughs> call of <Duty> don't. <laughs> <laughs> all right so yeah go check that out and we'll we'll put a we'll put a link to your channel and yeah uh and specifically that video too down in the youtube description thank you so much for coming on and for being our weird lab rat that we uh that we tested this issue on it was truly my pleasure <laughs> <laughs> and of course of course you all, oh yeah you know you know our last our, our sign-off <laughs> phrase so if you can go ahead and hit us with that with that sign-off uh, that's uh th my name is jacob and i called the revolution <laughs> that's what we say every episode it's finally paid off all right bye <laughs>